Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Sunday, October 11th. And this is the weekend interview, which we've been doing. Mark had come up with this idea as a way for us to take a little bit of a breather from working as hard as we have been working Monday through Friday, but we want to give you great content. Today is the second part of our interview with Debbie Epstein Henry, trained as a lawyer, now a consultant, best-selling author, public speaker, now podcast host. Here's the second part of our interview with Debbie Epstein Henry. I want to talk about how you have found the COVID-19 workplace from home issue. How is it going for you? And how have you noticed differences among some of the people that you're talking to? After starting my speaking business, I co-founded a company called Bliss Lawyers, and I ran it for nine years with my two co-founders. And we were actually miraculously acquired by a company called Axiom in February of this year. And they had- Good timing, girl. Thank you. Um, they had been our largest competitor, and they're the global industry leader in in talent on this issue in the legal profession. And so the reason why I raise it is when we built Bliss Lawyers as a company, we ran it on a virtual platform. So we had a corporate team dispersed around the country, and our lawyers worked at clients' offices, law firms, and companies around the country, but our corporate team worked virtually, as did my two founders and myself. And so that's how I know how to work. So personally, on the COVID front, what has changed so much is I do speaking on site in the US and abroad. And those spring trips I had planned to speak in Madrid and Edinburgh, they were sadly canceled along with all of my national speaking. So that's what's changed for me. But I feel fortunate that I've been able to still work and all of my work has gone online. And actually, one of the fun things about launching a podcast and doing the recording this summer and then launching this fall is that it's actually, and you know this, of course, firsthand, it's a medium that's not compromised by COVID. It's always done by audio. And so the fact that you can do exciting work in a platform that is not compromised by the existing constraints of COVID is really, really exciting to me. The other part of your question, really the notion of what I've seen with others is I think there's such a range of issues and challenges that people are facing. So if you have, if you're economically disadvantaged, you are struggling in a way that is so much more difficult because maybe your technology is not good or you don't have it at all, or your quarters are so closely confined that you're at a greater risk of getting the virus or you're working from home and you don't have the luxury of a separate space for working than for living otherwise. So there are those constraints. And then it's interesting when you look at people, whether they're single or you know maybe a millennial who lives alone in a city is confined spatially and also is feeling very isolated than other people who have kids who are young at home or overwhelmed by homeschooling. So 
My youngest of three just went to college a year ago. He's thankfully there right now, even though his classes are virtual. So my husband and I have been very fortunate to be doing exciting work and also not under those constraints. So what about the idea that people, especially younger people, are feeling like, I don't know how to be in touch with my older, more seasoned professionals. It's it's not even like a networking thing, but how am I getting nurtured in my journey of my career when we're remotely working? What advice do you have for those younger folks? Because you, you have a couple of those, three of them, but two who are in the workplace. What is it that younger people or what advice can we give to some of our millennials who are, who are I think, struggling a little bit about how to form more powerful connections with their coworkers and really their bosses? Yes. And I think it is really a challenge for that junior employee right now about not feeling invisible and also feeling like they can reach out to people who are powerful, who have voices. There are a number of things that I think people can do that will make a difference. I wrote a piece years ago called Make Your Ask a Give. And I think about this idea with junior employees is that you want to maybe make an ask of senior people to get noticed, to get that interesting project. But in order to do that effectively, you have to be the giver. You have to see those senior people and say, how can I be helpful to them? What give do I have? What way can I be helpful so that they want to support me? Not that it's a quid pro quo, but there's a natural generosity that ensues when you extend yourself to somebody that they want to reciprocate. They want to keep you top of mind. So looking at those senior leaders in your organizations or prospective clients and saying, how can I be helpful to them? What can I offer them? Whether it's a resource, whatever it may be, that is your special skill. Think about that. The other thing is, now's a time to really contribute to the dialogue. So if you're that junior person, sometimes the way to get the attention of senior leaders in your organization, the best way to do that is sometimes to get external attention. So if you can write that article you've been wanting to to write or maybe give that talk that you want to be able to give or prepare an idea for a leader and say, hey, can we co-author a piece with, you know, you as the head author of that piece and make that person look good. That sort of external visibility and external recognition can really go a long way for internal visibility. How did you pick the topics for your first season? What I did was I looked at my speakers from the DH speaker series, including you. And I thought over the years, who has really compelling stories to tell and who covers topics that are universally applicable? And I looked at those guests and I invited them back and they're all total rock stars and the topics that they cover are varied. So I think they're very complimentary. I invited those guests back and I wanted 10 in season one. And the topics we're covering are very varied from money with you to issues around women and bias and work and candor and balance, leadership, sponsorship. Those are some of the key themes for season one. And so identifying those really great speakers, but also the topics that I think are most prevalent on people's minds right now, that's really what we wanted to do is be the resource on that. How will you judge success? What will be your metric? My metric in terms of success, and let's be real, of course, popularity 
and responses through social media, that's some of the feedback that's going to certainly be an indicator. But when I talk about what I want to achieve through this podcast, it's really three things. One is inspiration, two is engagement, and three is impact. Is this worth people talking about? Are people eagerly awaiting the next episode? That's the engagement piece. Inspiration is, does it give people information and insights for them to be moved and they take the information and it's empowering to them? But third, impact is about, can this drive people to make change? Can they take the information gleaned from these episodes and say, I'm going to make that change in my job. I'm going to ask for that promotion. I'm going to seek out that sponsor to back me. I'm going to take more control of my finances. That type of action, if that is not part of it, I feel like the story will be incomplete. What else about your, in this process, what have you learned about yourself in the interview process? I actually recorded the initial trailer for the podcast several months ago, and I shared it with my trusted advisors. And one of them in particular, who's a dear friend and really very wise in terms of perspectives on things like this, she was like, you can't do that. You can't record that. You can't release that. I'm not going to support you if you put this out there and share it with my network. And it was it was too narrow. It was wasn't current really with the current environment. And so I re-recorded and switched up my guest list and and sort of reinvented on it. So that's part of this is being open to feedback. One of my guests for season one is Kim Scott, who's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Radical Candor. And I really was thinking about that, about being you know, willing to accept feedback. That feedback came from you too. When I sent you an outline for the episode we were doing together and you were like, don't ever do that. Of course, you know, like, what do you, you're going to ruin our spontaneity. And you were right. And guess what? I listened. What I do now is I say to a guest, I'm preparing an outline. If you're interested in knowing the questions in advance, let me know. And otherwise, we'll just have a conversation. And I let the guests dictate what they want to know in advance and what they want to share and what I should share. What is something that you've learned both good and bad about yourself from this period of time of the last seven months? I think the thing that's been good from my perspective is this has really slowed me down. I'm actually really busy professionally, but the fact that there's just this vacuum of time that I'm not spending in travel and airports and trains and all that sort of stuff, it's just slowed down and more regularized my daily life. And Mm. that has been really feels good. And all those people who run around and say, I'm busy, I'm busy. It's like, what are you so busy about? Like, it feels actually good to just be more settled. I thought I would really miss the travel. And there's been something actually good about it. In terms of what is bad, I would say I'm really fortunate to have incredible parents who are 87 and 84. And we were able to see each other a lot this summer outside, etc. But I really am just sad about not hugging them, Mm. hugging my friends and just that lack of intimacy and coupled by fear that you're going to get 
you know, particularly older people sick or that sort of thing. It's just, it's so profoundly sad to me. Mm. And I feel that there's just a lot lost in that inability to physically connect. I have a hard time with that myself, just in terms of I think the reality is that I'm, I am a huggy, touchy-feely person. So that's that's tough for me as well. It's sort of an, an awkwardness on my own part, like, wow, how do, I, how do I actually deal with that? But I am very grateful in this lockdown to continue to meet great people like you. You know that I wish you all the best success. The podcast is called Inspiration Loves Company. You can go ahead and subscribe to it anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Again, Inspiration Loves Company. And there'll be 10 episodes in this first season. And Debbie Epstein Henry, nay Debbie Epstein, will be your host, will bring you through all of these really interesting interviews with her very fine brain and surgically repaired brain from a million years ago, make you, I think, really think about some of the topics that can often be tough to to sort of digest on your own. So Debbie, go get them. As my father used to say, he'd say, Jilly girl, go get them. So Debbie girl, go get them. Well, that's it. That's the uh, end of our interview with Debbie Epstein Henry. Check out her new podcast. It launches on Wednesday the 14th. So in just a few days, it's called Inspiration Loves Company. I'm sure Mark will put that in our show notes. If you have a financial question, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email, ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. And you can find all the great stuff that we do on our website, jillonmoney.com. As always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing. Try to lift somebody up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.